1: Good morning and welcome in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Oh boy, I got a little lung butter going. Sorry about that. That's what happens. It's what happens in life. A little lung butter. Cold day. Don't like my cold days. 800 um, 516 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Things that we need to talk about. What are they? First and foremost, um, some people are getting all freaked out that the market's not up every day. Get over it! Come on, come on! Get over it! Seriously, we've had a glorious year—one that is not unprecedented, but doesn't make a lot of sense to people. How did we go up thirty-three, thirty-four percent on the Nasdaq? How did we do that? Did, did were we like wild this year by? all sorts of new devices not really or is there anything are we talking to our computer and saying computer please shut down the lights well that's not really happening either So I'm not feeling that like there was this big seismic shift that attracted people like it did in the 1990s with the dot com I worked at a radio station in the 1990s where I had this like uh, how shall I say it Just this incredible nerdy little dude. Uh, He sponsored the show, and he had a business where he helped people get on the web. Probably pretty similar, like an AOL dial-up kind of guy. And he had this phrase that it goes, If you're not a dot com, you're a dot nobody. Ah, okay. There's not that feeling that there's something like seismic happening here market was a bit of a mess yesterday. Uh, nothing really happened. We were a little higher, a little lower, a little higher, a little lower. To me, it felt like a very fickle stock market fire. Um, I don't know. It, I think a lot of us are starting to feel a little uh, Christmas fatigue or holiday season fatigue. Some of us are looking at the end of the year fatigue. We're starting to look at next year but before we get there Christmas trees are selling at a pace that we haven't seen in years apparently it's a good year to be a Christmas tree in a survey of regional tree farmers which I didn't even know there were surveys of regional tree farmers week one sales were up 16 percent for Christmas trees last year Christmas trees were up 7 percent you better get your tree early because they're all going to disappear Someone's out there buying up all the Christmas trees, and I want to know who it is. You know, we have a weakening consumer. Like, you see some of the retail sales numbers that are just awful. And yet, people are buying up Christmas trees. And a nod to consumerism and the kids that are the Peanuts gang. Fast food strikes are returning today across the United States. I don't know how I feel about this story. I need you to tell me how I should feel about this story. Fast food workers and labor organizers set to turn out to support higher wages in cities across the country. I don't know. Should we be paying people who drop fries into a basket into a jacuzzi of grease a livable wage, or should that be a, a job for teenagers as they live at home and start to, you know, learn work skills? When I was growing up, and I grew up in a different part of the country, McDonald's was a job for teenagers. And that's where you'd meet a girl, and that's where you'd fall in love, and that's where you'd get your first kiss while covered in, in dirty, nasty grease. That's not where you'd like, go to work and bring home you know, the bacon so your wife and your kids can uh, go on vacation. So there's uh, 100 rallies set today. At one point in time, some fast food strikers went into McDonald's this morning in New York City, marched in like a marching band, and started chanting at 6.30 in the morning, We can't survive on 7.25. People, people are grabbing their food and running as if terrorists were attacking. It's a pretty funny video to see. Now, again, am I coming across as crass? Probably. That's not my point here. My point is that I don't have the answer for this. And I don't even eat fast food. So I, I'm out of touch with this whole debate. Maybe it's become such good high quality that we should be paying more. I can tell you that at restaurants that serve, you know, $40 steaks, waiters and waitresses make a lot more money than they do at, at McDonald's. The whole idea of a waiter and waitress at McDonald's is nauseating. Okay, okay, you ready for something else? Here's something else. Uh, initial claims for the week ending, November 30th, dropped 23000 to 298000 So we're back to this whole Bank of England, ECB, lending rates... Fed Reserve arguments So we got a second estimate on Third quarter GDP in the United States And it was a pretty good number Uh, It was revised up to a 3.6% rating Up from a 2.8% rating It's first growth rate above 3% since 2012 So third quarter is looking in hindsight better and better Now again, it's past performance It's not indicative of future results the GDP deflator was revised up to 2% from 1.9%. Eh. Some of these numbers are just like, eh eh, 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 Will the Fed taper this December or not? Only Frankenstein knows. Eh. So the economy's not taking off quite like the headlines are suggesting. Because when you start looking at some of these GDP numbers, a big change in inventory is a big part of the story. You want other market stories of note? Ooh! Ooh! Netflix is launching a new House of Cards. House of Cards Part two In February. And they're going to do all episodes released at the same time. Ford's launching a new iconic Mustang today. Six cities around the world. It's the first time the Mustang model will be sold in Europe and Asia. So now we get to hear the... How shall we say, the Parisians, the arrogant Parisians, (laughs) and they'll tell us what we should like about it or not, because that's what the French do. Southwest Airlines and Virgin America, exciting story for me. I know you're saying, what gets you excited, Mr. Black? Please don't call me Mr. Black. Call me Professor Black. Southwest Airlines and Virgin America are going to buy LaGuardia Airport takeoff landing slots From U.S. Airways and American Airlines. Ooh, I like that story. I love Virgin America. It's my favorite airline to fly because they've got that ambient lighting in there. And I'm easily, I'm like a monkey. You give me a little bit of ambient lighting, I'm like, ooh, ooh, ha, 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 ha. And the fact that you can use a computer screen and play video games before you even take off. Love it. Other stories of note today, AT&T and T-Mobile are going to be buying some of the spectrum that the Verizon Wireless is selling. Hmm. Carl Icahn increased his stake in Nuance Communications to 18.7% from 169 That's kind of interesting, in large part because Nuance makes software that uh, converts speech into text. Which brings us to our final story of the morning. Apple has filed a patent for a Siri dock station. I know you're saying, I know what Siri dock stations are. You don't need to tell me. Go away, you big monkey. Well, no, you don't know what a Siri dock station is. We know what a dock station is. But did you know that a dock station that is voice powered? What would the ramifications be? Maybe turning on lights like Buck Rogers? BDBDBDBD. What's up, Buck? Maybe turning on your TV with a voice command? It's an interesting patent. You're listening Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at RobBlack.com. It's RobBlack.com. I'm your professor. I am your loved one, don't turn me off, don't you turn me off, take a break here, we'll be right back. AM
2: 1220 KDOW traffic.
1: It's a crash in San Jose in this Bay Area update brought to you by Garvin. North 985 between Almaden and Camden, the two-car crash is off to the shelter. The fire department has come along, they have blocked the right lane there, and as a result traffic is backed up to the Guadalupe Parkway.
3: In Santa Rosa, Stop that 101 before Todd, it's a stalled car being pulled off to the center divide there. Channel 8 northbound 280 before Race Street and SUV. For very strong
0: job growth, 185,000. The whisper number on Wall Street, according to people I've been talking to this morning, is over.
2: Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
1: KDOW. So last night at my little event, the Black Wednesday, still at Brewery and Brewing Game, was nice. Someone asked me. Well, someone brought up that they're Canadian, or their husband spouse is Canadian, I'm like, I hate Canadians. <laughs> they actually took me seriously. Know that this show is set up so that uh, you're going to get educated on money issues. Know that you're going to get a good second opinion. But know that you can't take everything seriously. I'll say things like, I hate Canadians. I like their hockey. I like their women. And I like their beer. I like their oil, and I think we should invade. I'm really, really, really not calling for an invasion of Canada. But maybe I am. Maybe I am, those Canadians. You've been put on guard. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Netflix set to release House of Cards on February 14th. So what we know about that is, in about two months, people are going to be like, Ooh, Netflix is coming out with a new show, and didn't love it. Golden Globes and Emmys last year. Ugh. And that'll move the stock in two months. It's a catalyst. They don't need to do it during the holiday season. People give it as a gift during the holiday season. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's 800 It's a lot like uh, the next... Uh, uh, the Hunger Games is going to be released next Christmas, and we're going to be talking about it in October, November, and December, and that cute-as-a-button Jennifer Lawrence and her incredible interview skills will move the stock in 10 months. So we see catalysts that are coming down the road. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, SP 500 down 3, the Dow is down 21, the NASDAQ down 2. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's a mortgage lender. How are you, Tony? I'm well. Let's talk about 15-year. Well, let's talk about mortgages. They're product. There's a 30-year product where you get a you know borrow five hundred thousand dollars for 30 years. You pay interest on it. Uh, there's a 15-year. There's a 10-year. There's a five-year. There's a three-year. And after three years, if you haven't paid off, it balloons, and suddenly you owe everything. So you have to refinance that, which is appropriate. Like for instance, if I were in median, I'm moving a lot. Or, you know, you get the idea. Like, right. Or, so
3: one of the one of the products that's available to people are short-term arms, but they're fixed for a certain period of time. So if you, for example, are moving quite often, you can set the term of that fixed period for the time frame that you plan on staying in that, ha- that property. Unless you plan on buying a property and keeping it for a long period of time, maybe turning it into a rental and then moving, buying another property then moving, you'd get a 30-year fixed. But most people that do that kind of transient work, they're going to get like a five-year arm because the rate's almost three-quarters percent lower than the 30-year fixed. Why give away money when you can simply just get a shorter-term loan?
1: When I got into this business
3: 15-plus years ago, I quickly learned that a mortgage is a
1: product, that it's great because it doesn't readjust for inflation. It's great because it's a way of borrowing a large amount of money for a low cost. that has a tax deduction likely to it. There's a lot of reasons to love it as a financial tool, but that's when mortgage rates were at 8 9% for a 30-year you know, the 15-year, it just didn't make sense. Now, 15 years on a lot of cases makes sense. If you could afford, if you've maxed out your retirement, you don't need to save any extra money for retirement. You're saving a lot for retirement. A 15-year
3: versus a 30 does make sense for some yeah. people. As the rates are as low as they are right now, it gives a many more people an opportunity to manage that mortgage debt. Uh, a quick example, if you had a 5% mortgage or 5.5% mortgage back uh, in 2008, or for example, and you can turn that into a 15-year today, five years later, uh, your payments might even be the same, and you're going to knock off 10 years off your loan. And that's 10 years of interest that you don't have to pay. So going into a 15-year can make a lot of sense for many, many, many people. Um, The the spread between the 30-year and the 15-year is something that a lot of people are paying attention to as well. It it historically is around 0.4%. Now it's up to 0.75, almost 0.8, meaning that there's a large large spread between those two rates and giving you that payment savings. And it's, but it, what it, there's a really simple formula that a lot of people can follow. You simply take your current loan yeah. payment, multiply by the remaining term, and that equals a dollar amount that you're going to pay to have that loan for that period of time. You take a new loan, like a 15-year, times uh, so it's 180 months, times the new payment, and that equals a certain dollar amount. That's usually lower because you're paying for a shorter period of time. You're paying less interest at a lower interest rate. It, it, the payment might be a little bit higher, So if you can afford it, that can sometimes make a lot of sense.
1: With that out there, it's good to run scenarios, and you kind of lost me a little bit there. I'm a little bit sloppy on my mortgage math, and I need help. I need scenarios run, and I've done a lot of loans with you. And one thing that I'll say is show me a 30-year, show me a 15-year, show me uh, good credit, bad credit.
3: I want to see because I'm a very visual, visual eater. I like to eat data. Yeah, and I got I, and I got that when I first got in the industry in in the mid 2000s. A lot of people just wanted payment, payment, payment. So it's become more uh, of a practice in our industry to to explain these these types of scenarios to people. As a matter of fact, we're required to list out different options for borrowers so yeah. that they can see what a 15-year does, what a 30-year does, what are the payment options, if you buy points, if you don't buy points. So these things are now a practice that we do. So I I can understand that a lot of people still just want to say, what's my 30-year, what's my 15-year, I'll make the decision. There's a lot more that goes into it.
1: Every 10 years in my personal property, I like to either take money out or sell the house and buy different properties. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like the 30-year mortgage. I keep my payment low. I build equity slowly. Uh, for my rental properties, I like right now the 15-year mortgage because I'm able to pay them off faster. Depreciation's going to happen. That's fine. Um, but also, I like being cash flow positive. Yeah. And if I can be cash flow positive on a 15-year, done. If I can be cash flow positive by having it paid off,
3: done. Again, with the rates as low as they are, you're able to do that on a consistent basis where you go five years reamortize for 30 years, pull some money out. Yep. It's something that a lot of people can do right now, and that's why the industry is so I I think is one more of the catalysts of why prices are going up because so many people are doing what they call the step-ups. So when I take money out of my
1: house every 5, 10, 15 years by either refinance or selling the house, I'm using the mortgage to sell the house. I'm just selling off 200,000 of it every slowly in chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't grasp that concept, it is a very powerful tool a mortgage, especially if you learn how to use it for your better and not necessarily for the banks better. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com That's BayAreaLoanSource.com Okay, so we learned yesterday that Ron Burgundy's got a new line of scotch coming out tied towards Odin and his bird. Now we learned today that Starbucks has got a $450 Four hundred and fifty dollar metal gift card. They're only gonna make a thousand this year. Last year they made five thousand. I want one of both. I want one of both. So whoever gets that for me, I will mm, massage your shoulders. For the second year in a row, Starbucks rolling out an ultra limited edition. What like I don't get the point of this, but I want one. It's a metal gift card. It's got four hundred bucks preloaded on it. It's a designer card. Last year, five thousand of them sold out in six minutes. This year, it'll probably be like a minute or two, right? Last year, ten percent of adults received a Starbucks gift card of some sort. That's a crazy number. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. Ray,
2: Ray. And you took me to hell in You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220
1: KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. One of the big stories this week has been the Amazon.com story that appeared on 60 Minutes. It's us bring Chris Siaccia from Street.com. Chris, how are you today? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Absolutely. Now, you did a little work on the Amazon story earlier in the week, um, drones and delivering packages. What's your findings on that?
4: I mean, it's pretty interesting that Jeff Bezos came out on 60 Minutes and kind of made this kind of breakthrough announcement that Amazon's working on drones to deliver packages in 30 minutes or less. I mean, the tech world's been kind of a buzz the whole week on this. People were really, really, you know, paying attention to him. My Twitter feed blew up on Sunday night when people were watching 60 Minutes and he made the announcement. I think it's an interesting thing for Amazon to, to look into because, obviously, logistics and shipping costs are one of their biggest expenses. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, though. Bezos himself came out and said, the earliest he could see it happening is 2015, and I don't think it's going to happen even that soon. I think it's probably more like a 2018 or maybe even 2019 event. But it is interesting that Amazon continues to put its hands in seemingly almost every industry, and now it's going to attack UPS and FedEx.
1: Yeah, many, many, many years ago, Amazon was famous for you know, selling books and then DVDs, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. So they do have a little dominant. Force behind it, all sales in America at this point in time. Do you think the drone story is? A lot of people got down on 60 Minutes, and a lot of people, you know, beat up Jeff Bezos a little bit for basically pulling a PR stunt. Do you see any of that in the story?
4: Yeah, I mean a little bit. It did give them, you know, free advertising, especially in light of Cyber Monday being the next day and Amazon being the biggest online retailer. And obviously, there were, some of that probably went into the thought behind the piece. But I don't think that, you know, I think the beating up of Bezos um, might have been a little bit overblown. I mean, obviously, Bezos has come out and Amazon's continued to expand into new product categories. They're pretty secretive about what they do, kind of like Apple. So that's, you know, there was a little bit of a PR stunt to it. But I do think that Amazon's serious about this. I mean, if you look at the numbers... Amazon spent over, you know, a billion dollars last quarter in shipping costs. I mean, that's a, that's a healthy number. That's a pretty big number. So if Amazon can work to cut that down, you know, using technology, obviously that's, that's something that Amazon and its shareholders are going to see a benefit in. So I don't think that the PR stunt um, aspect of it is, is really warranted in terms of the criticism.
1: Anything else on this story that you found interesting that the listeners need to be made aware of?
4: What I do find funny is that just a few weeks before, um, Amazon had come out and done a deal with the posts uh, with the postal service for Sunday delivery to try to help the postal service out. I mean, we both, we all know that the postal service in this country has been mired in losses. They have to pre fund their health care uh, benefits, so. Amazon announcing its own drones kind of hurts the Postal Service, which it just decided to help a few weeks ago, assuming that the drones are actually put into play and that, that happens, you know, in the near future. So Amazon's helping the American economy or the American worker in one sense, and on the other hand, it's hurting it. So I think it's kind of funny that Amazon's kind of playing both sides of the ball right now.
1: I heard a funny analysis from a listener of mine. He talked about how Google... Came out with an announcement this week about uh, making robots. One of the Google Chrome developers is now developing robots at Google, and the self-driving cars could compete with the helicopters of Amazon. So a car could drive to your house, a robot can get out and deliver it to your doorstep. And I thought that was cute in the sense of that's how competitive it, it's now a world of Google versus Amazon versus Apple and not really the United States Post Office versus, you know, uh, Sears and J.C. Penning. It's changed a lot in our lifetime, and we're kind of taking it as a, eh, that looks about right.
4: Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the, the double-edged sword of technology. Technology benefits mankind in that it makes our lives easier, but it also hurts the American worker, and it has rapidly changed industries the drones are probably going to do away with, you know, your average delivery worker for UPS and FedEx. I mean, those companies have come out this week and said that they are going to look into that technology. So, if Google is going to really work on robots for manufacturing, that hits manufacturing jobs. So, it's really, you're seeing the the prowess of technology companies like Apple, Amazon, and Google versus the old industries and the old way of doing things. And These companies are continuing to adapt, and the people that that benefit from this are the ones who adapt, and the ones who don't adapt are the ones who kind of fall by the wayside.
1: Thanks very much for joining us. That's KersiachiaTheStreet.com. It's KersiachiaTheStreet.com. Talking drones and Amazon. He's got a piece up. The Street does both video news as well as uh, the old-fashioned written text stories. Uh, You can find out more at TheStreet.com. Big story this morning is the iPhone deal in China lands Apple shares at a 52-week high. Now, we've been talking about this for years, probably at least 18 months, maybe 24 months. So it's pretty well known. And finally, it becomes reality. This is one of the stories that used to drive up the stock, buy on the rumor. But today they're actually buying on the news as well, Um, which is kind of interesting we always hear a little bit difference on that. Uh, Apple's starting to have a, a decent year, up about 8% for the year. Now, again, the Nasdaq up 33%, so it's not having that decent of a year. Uh, P.E. is 14 times, so it has a lot of room to grow. Carl Icahn recently said that Apple needs to buy back $150 billion of shares. Now he's saying $50 billion of shares. And one thing that he's right about is Apple needs to be worried about their share price because there's companies out there like Facebook and Twitter that if I were young, I would want to work at. I want to work with a sexy company with a sexy stock option so I can buy a sexy beach house, and I can have sexy parties with my sexy friends because of my sexy stock price. So Apple does need to continue to keep a sex appeal to its stock price. Um, and buying back $50 billion for a company that's worth $514 billion is one way of doing it. Uh, decrease the number of shares outstanding. Uh, and supply and demand should work in your favor. The valuation of Star, uh, Apple not that crazy. Now, that's crazy. The one thing that I said earlier in the show, last year 10% of American adults got a Starbucks gift card as a gift. That's a weird statistic. There used to be a statistic that no two countries that have a McDonald's have ever gone to war. Like, that's kind of interesting, but that's no longer true. But I don't know. Fox Sports said that ads are sold out one month ahead of last year. 43 advertisers have bought ads ranging from 30 seconds to 2 minutes long. There's uh, 32 minutes and 30 seconds of ad time during the game. That's all there is. 32 minutes and 30 seconds. Do you like Super Bowl commercials? Or are they a little overrated? I'm starting to get into the camp that their best days are behind them. But That's me. Keep in mind that the big seller this year in advertising, Ron Burgundy doing the Dodge Dakota ads have been a huge win. Dodge sales are up huge, Uh, sometimes up to 30-50% to for dealerships. Apple is set to lose tablet share to Windows. Microsoft sits at a 13-year high right now. Now, again, that tells you that it was irrationally priced 13 years ago, but it also tells you that it's that a company struggling with its identity. So, Microsoft, their new Surface tablet, is getting pretty good reviews. Uh, worldwide tablet shipments will reach 221 million units this year, up 53% from last year, but slightly less than an earlier forecast. Uh, and Microsoft's going to take a little bit of it. They'll have 10% in the market by 2017, up from 3.4% today. So they got that going for themselves. to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Let's see. Christmas trees, got it. Been there, done that. GDP revised higher. Mm, That doesn't really move me as a story. Average student loan debt, $29,400. It's up 10% from the previous year colleges across the country have been hiking tuition and fees and families' incomes have been shrinking student loan debt has risen at an average rate of 6% per year from 2008 to 2012 that's the next thing that some presidents can take a a, a shot at what Obamacare has done for healthcare someone's going to do for college costs maybe I don't know I still think that at some point in time Facebook and Google are going to have their own universities uh, because you don't need a four-year degree like we used to. You need uh, coding skills. A four-year degree is great for setting you up to be a grown-up in the world and society. You move away from mom and dad. You kind of have some independence while having a hall monitor. You kind of learn how to handle your alcohol. You kind of learn how to handle a schedule. All things that you're going to need in real life. The ability to get up on time, go to work. That's what college is. It's a preparatory system for life away from your parents. Apple's up today. Verizon's a little bit lower. Some companies that have been value-oriented with high dividends are starting to be taken to the woodshed. Ten-year treasury sits at 2.85%. SP 500 is down 4, Dow's down 40, the NASDAQ up 1. Job, had- performance tracing a lot of beta graphs. A lot of the higher beta uh, tends to do. 20 KDOW and iHeart Radio station. Eight
2: hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air.
1: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Aeropostale down one and a half percent today. Fourth quarter loss forecast wider than expected. Retail's really difficult right now. A lot of things just aren't working, other than luxury, electronics, and home. And it's tough to figure out which ones are and which ones aren't. Apple's up one and a half percent on that China Mobile offering seven hundred sixty million phone subscribers to potential Apple phones. That's a lot of phones. That's a lot of people. Again, China Mobile's not Verizon. China Mobile's sometimes bigger than Verizon, but they also don't subsidize their phones as much as the United States does. The numbers delay on the economy, paved the way for the Fed to cut stimulus. We've had a very strong week of economic growth, faster than forecast growth, and that's going to just end quantitative easing three the Fed will stop it now, Do they stop it in December or do they stop it in March I think most people think that they stop it in March Fed Bank of Atlanta President Dennis Lockhart a backer of stimulus he said the central bank when considering tapering should announce a total limit on purchases or a timetable for dialing down the program it may take a year for them to taper now tapering is the whole idea of taking some off so if you want to taper 40 pounds through the next year, you would say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds every three months. Same thing with the Fed. If they're going to cut down from buying $80 billion of bonds, they may say, we're going to cut down to buying nothing, but we're going to do it in $20, million, $20 billion increments. Uh, Safeway. Down 3% today. Jenna Partners cut their stake in the grocery chain. General Growth. Properties. It's going to replace Mullocks in the S&P 500. I had an interesting conversation last night. I did beer with my people. I did a Black Wednesday. It still a brewery in Burlingame, which is a fantastic place for beer. What do I need to tell you about it? Um, people still think real estate is the way to wealth. I can't tell you how many people... You know, I met a guy who bought one of the greatest restaurants. He bought half of one of the greatest restaurants 30 years ago. And he's like, pleased that he did. It's a piece of property that he helps manage. The cost that he's had to put into it over 30 years, because it was a building that was falling apart, aren't considered when you you go, well, you bought that for $100,000, it's worth a million? But it might have had $500,000 in upkeep. And over this 30 years, if he put $100,000 in the stock market, he might have $2 million, which is what he would have. But people still go, wow, real estate. I met a woman who's pushing retirement, and she wants to buy investment real estate. She wants to sell her house here, rent for a while, and use her proceeds from her house to buy investment real estate. Some of her friends have done it. She's heard about people doing that recently. I'm like, do you really want to be a landlord? Like, I own a rental property that I hate. I don't like being a landlord. Every couple of years, I've got to fl- slap on paint. And as a, as a landlord, I know that I have to do that. I've got to get it power washed. I've got to take care of the property. I've got to be nice to my neighbors that I've never met. It's costly. Now, of course, someone else is paying your rent, your, your mortgage. And that's nice, but it doesn't always work out like that. The first tenant that I had experience with, I was using a property management company to find tenants for me uh, and to manage the monthly relationship on paper, they looked okay. He was a university uh employee working on an industry solutions, and basically, the guy loses his mind and it ends up with his fiance he had met two weeks previous. Like I've I've been young and in love. I was like, give the young couple a chance, but they had known each other for two weeks. And she had a babe, so baby daddy wasn't in the picture. I didn't know any of this. It ends with poop being smeared on my walls. A piece of property I bought as an investment ends up with poop being smeared on the walls. Why are people so enamored with owning real estate with a mortgage? when you can go out and buy general growth properties or equity office properties or Avalon Bay. Avalon Bay manages properties in San Francisco. Rental properties. You can buy that where you get ownership of the rental, ownership of the property, ownership of the property management relationship. You get 90% of the profits on the rentals. What's the downside? None. You buy 100 shares and it goes out of business. You've lost 100 shares of whatever you bought. What's the downside on a 30-year mortgage? You lose a tenant, you go bankrupt, you're in debt for your whole life. So I don't like individual real estate for the average person. Now once you become worth a million, two million dollars, and if you want to you know, get a rental property, absolutely. That's an alternative asset, just like gold is, just like trading cards are. It's not meant for the average person. I own a business property that I do business out of. And I basically, my business pays for the mortgage. I'd for, much prefer that than have a tenant. At least the landlord in this scenario is me, with the deadbeat tenant also being me. So I kind of know who I'm dealing with. To get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Third quarter GDP uh, revised to hire. That's a nice headline. But it also brings up concerns about tapering. Several earnings and sales warnings from retailers. Tiffany's higher. Luxury, higher. TIF. Take a break here. Come back for a strong hour, too. Rob Black, Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
3: Hi, I'm Mel. Financial emergency, a huge medical bill. And solutions. Watch Boomer's
0: Brain Trust. Our KDOW Business of the Week is Sanjay Gupta CPA. You can learn more
1: about Sanjay Gupta's... Welcome in, Rob Black your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Business headlines. SP 500's down three. The Dow's down 21. The Nasdaq down two ah uh, california 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 it's obviously a state I'm very proud of. Uh, I used to be an east coaster I was a military brat, grew up around the country around the world. I've lived in sixteen places before I was eighteen years old, so I got used to being you know yanked around and Having new best friends. I got to California 13 years ago and I'll never leave. Maybe 14 years ago at this point. Um, I'll leave when I retire. It's an expensive state. That's the first thing that you have to know. It's a great state with a lot of great minds. The coastal regions are my particular favorite of California. I don't think the Inland Empire or, how shall we say one hour from the ocean east offers me anything. Uh, Some great camping sites for sure. For sure. For sure. But California's economy continues its uneven recovery so says a new UCLA uh, forecast. I read these UCLA forecasts like, I don't know, a Bible thumper reads the Bible. To me this is important to see how the economy is doing here. We are The sixth largest economy in the world, if we were just California stripped out of the United States. Coastal regions with healthy job growth and inland areas that are struggling. UCLA economists said in their quarterly forecast that coastal counties stretching from Marin to San Diego have enjoyed employment gains that have outpaced the United States. In contrast, inland areas such as the San Joaquin Valley and the East Bay are showing little or even negative growth. Years of economic turmoil have been especially hard on the Inland Empire, which includes Riverside and San Bernardino counties. The region's October unemployment rate was 9.8%, down from 11.7%. But its jobless levels were still high above the 7% levels that are enjoyed in San Diego and 5.8% in Orange County. One of the pieces of advice I always give is buy real estate near jobs. Now, that doesn't always work, but it's it's a good start, and people grasp the idea. And I want people to grasp the idea and hold on to it. In the last two years, the housing recovery has spread across California, but Inland Empire homeowners simply have furthered climb to escape their underwater mortgages, where the loan amount, obviously, is larger than the value of the house. In Los Angeles, prices are up 23%. No, no. They're 23% under their bubble level. In Orange County, that figure stands at 16% below the bubble level. On my street in my city, we're above our bubble level. So when they say real estate's location, 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 you get it now. California as a state has an unemployment rate of 8.7%. It's expected to fall down to 8.2% by the end of 2014. Kind of the same story across the nation. Slow, steady recovery. Um, so that Anderson School of Business is an important read. Uh, they come out with surveys and they come out with insights that teach you things like how millennials are thinking. You know, the number one important thing to millennials is being close to Jobs. So they'll actually sacrifice size in order to get, you know, proximity. President Obama yesterday called on the nation to start thinking about the American dream. The gap between the rich and the poor, it's grown under his watch. The richest 10% of Americans earned a larger share of the income last year than at any other time since 1917. Those in the top one-tenth of income distribution earned at least $146,000 last year. It's 12 times what the bottom tenth made. Much of this is out of our control, out of the President's control. Obama complains that the Republicans are blocking his efforts to boost the minimum wage and provide universal preschool. Other policies that he has enacted, such as trade agreements, have contributed to the inequality. There are things he could have done that he didn't do. He's stumbled badly in implementing the biggest new government program that would benefit the have-nots, the healthcare law known as Obamacare. So is it really his fault? Top tier of Americans are doing fine. After tax corporate profits have more than doubled. After tax corporate profits more than doubled as a share of the economy and are now at the highest levels since records were kept since 1947. We are living in a society where the well educated are well off. So it's going to be an interesting 2014 as it's an election year. Uh, Workers haven't done very well under Obama. Since the end of the recession in the mid-2009, the economy has grown at an average of 2.1%. The 7.3% jobless rate, it's down from its 10% peak in 2009, remains more than a full percentage point above the 30-year average. Some of the deals that President Barack Obama signed with South Korea, Colombia, and Panama have cost Americans jobs. And again, free trade is ultimately good in most economists' minds. So keep in mind there's sometimes not a right answer. And I know we live in a society of, I know, better the deal, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Keep in mind sometimes there's just not a right answer. 800-516-1220 oh, to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Um, I don't really want to talk about Joseph Bay Banks. You know there's some stocks that you just don't like talking about? It, that's one that I don't like talking about. It makes me feel cheap or something. A cheap suit is always a good cheap suit. I'd much rather talk about Dollar General because you know I think there's some things that you can get at Dollar General that are great. If you have a Coca-Cola fetish, and you can get a do, you know soda for a dollar versus going to Seven Eleven and buck seventy-five or two bucks. Highly recommend. Uh, I don't I don't mind that kind of stuff. Keep in mind, you don't want to spend 6 bucks to go get a dollar soda in gasoline prices. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Apple filed a patent for a Siri smart dock. And what's interesting about this patent is we've seen docks before where you, your phone turns into an alarm clock kind of thing. What's interesting about this one is that it's going to be voice-powered, so let's say the smart dock also has a wireless router in it, a modem. And suddenly it's able to you're able to have Siri like control your TV, which also has a wireless thing in it. So you're able to say, Hey Siri, turn on the TV. And your Siri phone dock talks to your T V and T V comes on. Pretty cool, right? Bee, beanie, beanie, be dee. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Here's Rob Black, You're my I'm Rob Black.
2: Rob Black online at robblack.com Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW Okay
1: New York Times article talks about how a patient came into a California Pacific Medical Center quick little emergency room visit Twenty six year old gashed their knee on a backyard barbecue. One tumbler one child had tumbled off the couch, splitting open in a forehead. So two people go into emergency room roughly at the same time. The wounds were clean, numbed, mended under an hour. For so the person who got three stitches on her knee, twenty two hundred dollars in fees. The toddler falls off a couch and, and gets a couple of stitches in the head. Basically, not even stitches, but skin glue. Seventeen hundred dollars. Medical system is is crazy. Hospital charges represent about a third of the two point seven trillion dollars annual healthcare bill. If you spend a day as an inpatient at an American hospital, it's four thousand plus dollars. That's five times other countries those expensive hospitals charge more than $12,500 a day. That's what's insane. And that's what got, has everyone just going popping their brains out crazy. To have an x-ray to study your heart's arteries, $25,000. Um, big business, right? They're very much so, self-fueling, ever-expanding machines, and it's tough to price. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. The SP five hundred is down four. The Dow is down forty. The Nasdaq up one. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, Bay Area It's Bay Area Loan Tony specializes in mortgage lending. He also has a show here on KDOW, Tuesdays at six p.m. That's again all about real estate and lending and how to get the loan for the home of your dreams tony we have seen a virtual cycle play out numerous times it feels like adjustable rate mortgages were popular then they became un then they got to kind of the point where they turned into hybrids where you know no document loans and then we got back to let's kill those off for a while and go to 30 years and 15 years uh, real estate prices are down people go with the 30 real estate prices are up they go with the arm what's an arm
3: well, it's an adjustable rate mortgage, and you can. it's amortized for 30 years, which means your payments are going to be calculated over a 30-year period based on whatever rate you have at the time. A three-year arm, for example, means you're fixed for three years, and then after the third year, you become an adjustable. And you can adjust quite a bit based on a certain index. That index could be anything from the LIBOR to one of the Treasury uh, um, accounts so, or indexes. So it's not meant for everybody because after that fixed period, your payments could go up dramatically. So it's it's a specific product that people use as a tool to keep their payments lower. That's the number one advantage of an ARM, adjustable rate mortgage, is that the rate's going to be about a half a point, sometimes a point lower than what you get on a thirty year fix. The shorter the term ARM or the ARM term, the lower the rate. So let's say you're staying in your house for three years. Right. And get a three-year arm. Why would you get a thirty-year fix at a point higher than and than a thirty-year than a three-year arm and save you know ten thousand dollars over that period of time? So that's why an arm makes sense. Does the property come into play? For instance, can you get an arm on a condo or townhouse? Um, you can, but, but an arm is a riskier product. So you need higher credit scores. You okay. need higher equity. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, you need twenty-five percent or more equity to get an arm. Even though lately. Jumbo arms have become more aggressive. You can go up to 80%, but over 80%, you're done unless you get an FHA loan, which are pricey to begin with. It kind of negates the benefit of having an arm. And part
1: of the whole cycle, again, is at some point in time, you're going to be able to get up to 103% on all these products because... We get to the point where we keep loosening standards, loosening
3: standards, loosening standards. Disaster. Disaster. Tighten. And then we tighten standards, and then we loosen them, loosen them, loosen them. This was a pretty tragic event that happened uh, to the housing industry, and and they've be- since then become overregulated, and it's going to continue getting tougher. But it, it right now, I'd say we're about what we were in '99 to 2000 as far as guidelines, and then you know you know what hit the fan and. Lenders started going crazy with the NEGAM loans, loans that would actually increase your balance based on a start rate of like 1%. Those aren't going to come back. So we're going to be a little bit more conservative as far as the type of products available and close some of the doors on on risky products like the, the NEGAM. Uh, I guess I just said the same thing over, but it really does emphasize that lenders are scared about selling these products back to the, the secondary market, and they're going to continue over being overregulated and over. Uh, um, criticize your loan scenario. Speaking of Tony Mendez,
1: BayAreaLoanSource.com, how often, or how much money do you make? Is it different for an arm
3: versus a 15-year versus a 30-year? It's not. Uh, One of the things that did change is the way that lenders and loan officers and brokers are compensated so that they charge the same for each scenario. Um, But in the past, uh, we used to have lenders that came to our office and they would promote certain products, not the ones that were the best for the client, but the best for the loan officer to make the most money. That's where we got in the most trouble, is loan officers were looking to make the most money and selling the wrong products to the clients. That's gone away.
1: So what else should we know about that Cash scenario, or about the real the scenario where you use a lender. You want them to make money, but you don't want them to make too much money, and you don't want them to make nothing because then they're
3: not going to really work for you and get to know you. Right. The first thing you want to do is just make sure that you have the right scenario, good credit, you want to, equity in your property, good income, and you don't want to stray off of that path because there are some. You know, you have to use FHA, or you have to use a private money loan. You want to stick in the mainstream. That's why I'm worried about this private sector. Um, funding that Obama's trying to push, it's, it could make it a lot worse for people in higher rates. So you want to first make sure your scenario is correct, and then you want to do some shopping. I like using a broker because brokers use several different lenders that could fit your scenario into their slot, where if you did it on your own and you try to go to one lender and then another lender, you're running your credit more often, and you may not hit the right lender that has the right scenario. So there are several things that you can do to make sure that you would ensure that you end up with the right pricing Get a good faith estimate. Make sure you shop on the right the same day uh, because rates change quite often. And there's some quite a few other tools that you can use. Thanks very much. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's
1: BayAreaLoanSource.com. Getting to know the right product, getting to know the right lender, I think is critical. You do not want to be in a scenario where you go into a bank and try to get a loan because you're not going to get the product that's right for you. You're going to get the product that they want to push to you. You're listening to me, Rob Black. That's Tony Mendez, and you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. I think that's the thing that I continue to try to push people on with money issues. Your retirement's going to be a lot less than you think it is, and it's up to you to really do something about it. Um, Millennials are going to replace about 60% of their income. Baby boomers, about 80%. Gen X, about 70%. So you're going to be living on less than you think. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
2: Get humming.
3: I need more receipt paper, please.
2: Call one 855 859 You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. But should I be? Is this fate that half of the world planned for me? 80516
1: 1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 516 1220 to get your calls in the air. When I was a little kid, one of the craziest concepts in my life that I wanted to live was fun houses, carnivals, spook houses. They always looked better on TV than they were in real life, right? But the twisted reality, the image distorting, the wacky side room, the shows that went on inside, things like water appearing to flow uphill, as a kid it just made me bonkers crazy. I wanted to learn more about it. as I got older, I found that, you know, there was kind of a new paradigm, that they're not as cool as I thought. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've learned some new paradigms or some new shifts on money. For instance, I remember when I was 20-ish and I was dating Juliet, and her dad said something to me. He said, get used to debt. It's something you're going to have your whole life. Hmm. I like that concept it was the first time it was ever introduced to me that it's okay to have debt you know the old reality was savers were rewarded debtors were punished the real reality as you grow older and see things for what they are that life isn't a big fun house it's not really all that much hype is responsible debtors are rewarded and savers are punished now for the last 10 years, we've had artificially low interest rates, and that acts as a stealth tax on thrifty people who like to save. Savers are rewarded now with super low interest rates that don't keep up with inflation. So their money is actually growing negatively. And that goes for anything that you've paid off in your house. It's negative because inflation's eating away at the value of the dollar every single year. So I have an emergency fund that I hate. I hate it. It's cash. It's my rainy day savings account and it's starting to look dumber and dumber as I get older. Now when interest rates change, maybe I should fund it again. When I was a little boy, the thought was pay off your mortgage as soon as possible. The shorter the mortgage, the better. And that's just bad advice now. Um people who made extra mortgage payments, they basically lost. The U.S. dollar has lost more than 97% of its value. The Fed at least feigned an interest in maintaining the dollar's purchasing power in the last couple years. They've lost their way. They depreciate what the dollar is valued at faster and faster and faster. So from a purely financial perspective, it only makes sense to pay off the mortgage as slowly as possible. Using dollars that will be worth significantly less in the future. Having a house paid off isn't all that in a bucket of chicken. It's bad advice in this day and age. When I was a little boy, the reality was an age appropriate mix of stocks, bonds, and cash is enough to adequately protect your nest egg. So if you were 40 years old, you'd have 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Now the reality is that I can make a case that you don't even want bonds. Or that you want corporate bonds of companies like Ford, GM, and Verizon. And that's about it. We're a debt-based monetary system. It's completely unsustainable over the long term. Can't say when it's going to end, but you want to be diversified in a mix of stocks. You want to protect your nest egg. In the old world of thinking as a child, there was a tenet that said if possible, take advantage of pre-tax paycheck deduction by making the maximum 401k contribution. Now there's a new tenant that's like, that's not always what you want to do. You don't always want to max out your 401k, but you do want to max out your savings, which is a little bit different. A lot of people will say, like, hey, look, if my company's offering to match 6%, I'll take the 6% match, and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy... Or um, a Roth IRA. I'm going to continue saving beyond my 401k, and not just for that 401k tax advantage scenario. I'm going to t- 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 create other tax advantage scenarios. So that's something you need to really, really, really start thinking about more so than ever before. Is things that once were wonderful and glorious as a kid, they may not be all that wonderful and glorious as you get older. And what you think you know, you don't know. Again, I understand that real estate has created a lot of wealth for people in California. I'm one of them. I don't count on it in the future, and I look at future scenarios. The house that I own, when I bought it, it took a salary of $400,000 a year to qualify for the mortgage. Now, it's $600,000 for the same home qualify for a standard. Now, yes, you may be a wealthy Chinese person who comes to the country and buys my house in cash. Yes, absolutely. But that's not going to happen to every house in the United States. I think the market continues its bull run next year based on improving jobs numbers across the United States and across the world. Improving. Not great. Improving. I don't think the stock market's return is going to be humongous next year. I'm going to say slightly below average. I think it's attractive. I think the bull market continues until we get to 20 times earnings. And then I think we're in for a bear market. But I don't think we're there yet. And I don't sell out in a bear market. I think Japan outperforms emerging markets next year. I want some exposure to Japan. They're doing some crazy stuff with stimulus. A lot like the United States has done some crazy stuff with stimulus. And in the last five years, after we started doing crazy stuff with stimulus, what's happened? Stock market's gone crazy. Doesn't mean that jobs went crazy. Doesn't mean that it's supported for the long term. It just bought us enough time to let jobs work their way into the system. I really want to own European small cap companies. Small cap companies tend to have exposure to their country only, or their area only, like U.S. small caps. When Europe went to hell in a handbasket, when, you know, Greece was getting watered down with watered canyons because of riots. American small caps did really well because they didn't do business in Europe. Uh, I think high-yield municipal bonds lead the bond market next year. I think as interest rates rise, and they will rise, the increase in interest rates can actually improve pension funding statuses because of that, I think high-yield municipal bond funds might lead bond performance. I think gold falls below $1,000 an ounce next year. I think the global credit bubble is deflating and developed economies, inflation rates continue to fall without credit's fuel. So I don't think we see enough inflation out there to really make the dollar uh, to make gold attractive and the dollar's not going to get that much weaker, especially if the Fed starts tapering and leans towards rising interest rates. Uh, The American industrial renaissance is is occurring. Energy costs are lower. It's easier to produce here than ever before. Productivity, transportation costs, quality control, a lot of political stability in our country. The United States is suddenly pretty sexy as far as manufacturing goes again. I believe that 2014 we're going to see the Fed stay on hold longer than we've anticipated because we look at the Fed as what did they used to do not what will they do going forward I interpret the Fed saying that they're going to be data dependent as I'm taking their word on it I think the fear of replaying 2008 is not only central in investors' minds but it's in their minds as well where Ben Bernanke made a mistake by cutting uh, monetary policy and making it, it more restrictive rather than more accommodative. I don't think they repeat that same mistake. I think they'd rather be long behind an upmoving economy than in front of it. I think high quality stocks underperform in 2014. In the last five years, six years, we've gone more conservative, higher quality stocks. So I know companies like Nike, companies like Disney, companies like 3M, companies like Verizon have rocked and rolled and rocked and rolled and rocked and rolled for five years in a row. And we need a a break. Does that mean I'm selling all my high-quality stocks? No. It means I appreciate them. Take a year off if you need to. I think an area that I want high exposure to, small banks. Regional banks in particular. I think they're better aligned with the post-bubble credit world than anyone else there's an S&P small cap 600 bank index I think that's where you want to be if you're looking for smaller names look inside that index start your research it's the S&P small cap 600 bank index it outperformed the S&P 500 bank index by 15 percentage points so far during the year 2013 I think that outperformance continues I know you're saying thanks Rob you're welcome. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I just gave you my whole outline for 2014. I will not repeat myself. If you want a podcast the show, go get it. Don't be lazy. You can get it at kdow.biz or you can get it at Apple iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money. Under Rob Black and Your Money. I have a YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. I've got a webpage, robblack.com. I've got events throughout the year that you can find out more at robblack.com. I sent out a newsletter a couple days ago. You can sign up for that newsletter at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
2: To Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and I heard radio station. Been wondering if your heart's still open, and if so, I wanna know what time it should. Simmer down on poker. Up I'm sorry to interrupt, it's just I'm constantly on the cook. I've tried Been to kiss you know if you feel the
1: same as I do, we could be together, if you wanted to. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black. I tried to do a show for you. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Money, investing, and more. I just gave you my outlook for 2014. I was pretty succinct about it, pretty clear. Can't say that I don't have an opinion. Can't say that I'm a waffle. Although if I were a waffle, I'd be a happy man. I would hope that you would be a chocolate chip if I were a waffle. Um, retired at age 65. University of Michigan researchers found that more than 15% of workers aged 60 to 62 are still earning salaries although they're earning lower-level salaries than they've ever learned, earned before. For people who are 65 to, 70 per, uh, 65 to 67 years old, the number's higher 20%. Wow. It's not a step-down process. It's a step-up process. People are hitting 62, and they're saying, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And by 65, they're like, i got to get back to work. a lot of times this is what's referred to as a bridge job. It's low pay. It's low pressure. Very good chances you made a lot of money earlier in your life versus what you're doing at age 65. You need to start thinking about ramifications of tapping into your 401K, tapping into your pension, tapping into Social Security. I think you should have a prudently balanced portfolio. I don't think doing it yourself when you're 65 years old makes a lot of sense. I highly support and endorse financial planners, CFPs, not insurance agents, not stockbrokers, but CFPs. If you're impressed by the title vice president, you shouldn't be. I know people at Citibank who are vice presidents who are basically high school flunkies, and it's just a title. The title that I'm impressed with is a certification certified financial planner. So Social Security has to fit in your income flow. You should take wait and take Social Security as long as you can if you're healthy and you don't need it. We're living longer and longer and longer and the longer you wait, the more you get. So your health is factored into whether or not you take it. A lot of people take Social Security a little bit too early and ultimately it's a mistake. Heidi Montag and Spencer Pratt blew through 10 million dollars how did they do it essentially it's shopping and expensive bottles of wine then there was some plastic surgery where I think and this is just me I think women who get plastic surgery it's a shame I think women are the most beautiful things on the planet and yeah if you've had some sort of horrible cancer and you need to fix things up that's fine I totally get that but to spend five to ten thousand dollars to enhance a part of your body, it's a shame. You don't need it. Um, what you need is to Paul Walker to come back to life. When he was thirty-three years old, he was dating a sixteen-year-old girl. <laughs> now I know it's it's bad to speak of the dead, but that's pretty that's pretty borderline, right? 33-year-old dude dating a 16-year-old when he had an 8-year-old daughter. (laughs) Okay, I know it's not that funny. But spending a lot of money for, like, augment your body doesn't make any sense. And that's how Heidi Montag went through $10 million. Spending a lot of money to... When you're 20 years old, 25 years old, it makes no sense. You're 25 years old. You've got your youth. You've got a body that still works without arthritis, without pains, they would drink $4,000 bottle of wine. $4,000 bottle, $4, bottle of wines. That's how they went bankrupt. Now, you are not, you don't have $10 million, but you're also spending money like they are. You don't need a $40 bottle of wine. My first girlfriend, I got... First date was like a Madonna concert where the Beastie Boys opened. Second date was her prom. Third date was her birthday. And I spent a lot of money on those three dates. Probably close to $1,000 dollars. And all I needed to spend to get to second base was a bottle of two-buck Chuck. I confused money with love. Heidi and Spencer confused living large with living. You don't need to, especially when you're young. Augmenting your body at $5,000, $10,000? I know someone who had got an unattractive... How do I say this without getting in trouble? Genitalia? And she spent $10,000 to get it fixed like are you <laughs> I am Phil Grady are you nuts what are you nuts um, $400 pair of shoes what are you nuts it, it shocks me and it saddens me to see what people and their vanity will spend money on I know people who spent $5,000 dollars to get you know hair on their back removed Now, I I get it. If you look like Sasquatch and you have an image issue, I say razor versus $5,000 of laser. 50-cent razor, $5,000 laser. Okay, the laser is more permanent. I get it. But you're worth a million dollars. Or you're basically saying out loud, I'm never going to be worth a million dollars. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air if you want to wait 22 hours to get on the air. I'll put you on hold. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Follow me. Become a fan of Cron 4 Rob Black. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in 22 hours.